Alright, here we are. Another week has gone by, and uh, I think the only thing that's changed is we have some... We know what teams are going to be in the Super Bowl, and it's unbelievably cold outside. Oh, I uh, thought you were going to say the four-letter four letter word. I thought you were going to say the only difference is we got snow now. <laughs> well, yeah, we kind of got we did snow. Before. Yeah, yeah well, the roads are clear, though. <laughs> can, you, can, you, you, can you legally use the word Super Bowl? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we're not for profit. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a well, good the, thing, Jim. The, Jim, why don't you... <laughs> yeah, let's introduce who's on the show. And then, Jim, tell us why you told us that, because that's, that's yeah. great. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, uh, WVLP 103.1 FM, and you're listening to Porter County Buzz. Uh, one of your co-hosts, Greg Sims. The other co-host is Andy Bozek. And uh, we have uh, one of our extraordinarily awesome uh, guests, Jim Polaric, from the Highway Department uh, in Porter County. So He's the director going, of the highway department, correct? Director, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or superintendent. <laughs> the big dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something about the mailboxes, but no, we'll leave that for another day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jim. <laughs> that's um, that's why we have we have claim forms and insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, actually, the the roads are really good, so this is a this is a good day. Um, but go ahead, Andy. You had you were going to. Yeah, say I just something. I want to go back because I mean he brought up a good point, and I, I know there's a little story behind it. Jim, what, what, what's the story behind the Super Bowl question that you asked a minute ago? Oh, I, I just it's what probably been for the last ten years. You watch networks, unless they're the network that has the Super Bowl, they always yeah. have to say yeah they say the big game and things like that. <laughs> oh, they don't they don't use Super Bowl. Okay, I had heard something about that a few years ago. That's why I was wondering what was yeah. The, the interesting hmm. story, but <laughs> well, yeah, it's like everybody Super Bowl wants to be broadcast here. <laughs> yeah, and I guess we can't say the word three Pete or anything else like that either. <laughs> oh my God, it's crazy. <laughs> there's gonna there's gonna come a point where you can barely talk without somebody saying, you know, you owe so and so fifty bucks because uh, you just verbalized uh, twenty copyrights and five little whatevers, and you know, how dare you? I hope yep, give it time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, oh, we also want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Independent Order of Odd Fellows, Chuckwick Lodge number 56 in good old Valparaiso, Indiana. And, uh, yeah, we thank them as well. But, uh, but anyways, yeah. So, Jim, uh, what exactly does the highway department do for Porter County? Uh, maintain over 800, about 800 miles of road. And included in that is... Uh, about 200 subdivisions, and we maintain everything from uh, all, pretty much everything within the right of way of the road. And most right of ways go anywhere from 40 feet to 60 or 80 feet, depending on the road. So that's the ditches and you know signs and all that. Well, so and to clarify a little bit, you um, you handle all county roads, so city roads, things uh, in the town of Burns Harbor, in the city of Valpo, in the town of Couch, those are not county roads, so they're not under your jurisdiction. It's anything that's in an unincorporated county, correct? Correct. With the Obviously, state highways, the state handles those. So like your US 30 and State Road 49 and State Road 2 are handled by the state. Okay. Just so we know where, if people are listening in right now to make angry phone calls, I don't want you getting them if they're in Chesterton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. So I'm they sorry, can, call, they can call Dan Moy up there and talk with him. <laughs> are you giving a cell number? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah. Now, besides, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Greg, Greg. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was Um, just impressed with 200 subdivisions. That's all I was gonna say. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I think it's actually like 210. Okay, so now let's say a subdivision goes up. At what point do you guys get notified that now you have to start providing uh, uh, plowing services to them? Well, after the after the subdivision's been developed and it's been accepted by the board of commissioners, then then we're informed that it's it's now our responsibility to maintain it. So that can be okay, you know see, several years after they start construction until it's completed. So, okay, now I didn't know this. So when a subdivision is completed, then it's up to the developer of the subdivision to go in front of the commissioners and tell them we officially hand our streets over to the county. Well, yeah, it's handled through the planning commission, you know, up in the stormwater uh, and department up there, and then they they will they will take it to the commissioners uh, for acceptance and then. No, we lost him for a second Hello. there. But to, to build off of that, um, so the, the, this developer will come in front of the plan commission and they will say, hey, we're, our streets are ready to go. We're ready for you guys to accept them as a, as a county or a town. And at that point, the plan commission will usually send their engineers out and go through that subdivision, check the curbs, check the sewers, check all this to make sure that um, as the town accepts it, that first everything's to code and second of all that um, it's all good. Like they didn't put in junk streets. That are going to fall apart in two years. So once they, uh, the plan commission makes a recommendation to the commissioners to accept it, then it's up to the commissioners to do so. Um, and at that point, they can wheel and deal with the, the uh, builder. Or they can also, you know, um, you got to remember the other thing that these builders or these developers are doing is they're having to take out bonds. So they might have to take out a million-dollar bond for all the roads in the subdivision. Well, that money is held up. Until well, not million dollars, but whatever they paid for the bond is held up until the uh, commissioners accept the roads. And at that time, then it's our our problem. So if the commissioners accept bad streets, then guess whose problem it is? It's Jim Polaric's problem to fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that you know that's obviously a, luckily it's not a practice anymore. Now you know we we actually walk through with them and we'll do some inspections on our own also, mm-hmm. uh, and give recommendations back. You know, if they, we, we find some issues that need fixed, then they'll fix them before we accept it. Um, but then, you know, decades ago, uh, they did not do it that way, and we're suffering the, the wrath of that now by dealing with subdivisions that are only 20 years old and falling apart. So. Well, and literally falling apart. I mean, one of them... Um as, as because of bad sewer infrastructure or water infrastructure, I don't know which it was, but oh, yeah. it, the road collapsed, correct, Jim? Yeah, that, up in Jackson Township, mm-hmm. right, did... The developer put in the, you know, plastic pipe for the storm drains and didn't backfill it properly, and all those pipes started cracking and collapsing. Yeah, and, and a car fell into one of these sinkholes, which was pretty terrifying from the pictures. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's wild stuff. Yeah, so, okay, so now besides roads and stuff, what else, do, what else does the highway department do for the county? Well, a lot of the things we do in the summertime is we'll clean ditches, replace culverts, uh, trim trees along the side of the road. You know, that's one of the big things we got is playing catch-up on years of uh, overgrown trees, especially <laughs> up there up there in, in Andy's neighborhood, you know. Um, to, 
it's to the point where we have the bucket truck that goes around trimming trees, and it, unless it's snowing, it's pretty much on the road cutting trees. Oh wow! So they're they're cutting trees now, then, even. Uh, probably this week we will be. Just depends on wow. you know. Obviously, if it's safe enough for our guys to be out there, we can't have them out on icy roads or anything, cutting brush and dragging things. But uh, wow. as long as it's as long as it's safe, you know. A couple weeks ago, we were out cutting trees. So. Wow. I have a question about your department name. Why is it the highway department if you don't do any highways? Uh, I guess we'd have to ask the state that from decades <laughs> ago when they. When they called them the highway department, you know, because even even if they're county roads, they're, they're, they still consider them a highway. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And I guess some of the roads that I drive down, believe me, I treat it like a highway. Boom! <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, you and that, that black flash of a car with the pink stripes on the, the side. Pink stripes on the side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, but my Are car it... got me home from work today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> what happened with you, Mr. Sims? <laughs> I have. It was one of those bad weekends. Uh, Saturday, I get in my truck, and I, I go to get out, and the handle broke off in my hand. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I should Is have it a Chevy? That. It is a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Either that or a Dodge. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, the cars are Dodge. The truck is Chevy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got a Ford Mustang, and that, that doesn't give me any problems. So, yeah, maybe there's something to that. I don't know, but. It's a, yeah, the car won't go into park unless I get underneath it and hit the part of the transmission where the, the cable goes down. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little rough right now, but we'll make do. <laughs> I mean, and, and I can tease you because, I mean, if that was your only car, but you have 13 other ones, so I don't feel bad for you. You know, I feel bad for you, but I don't feel bad teasing you. <laughs> I don't know. Nine is not 13, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a sickness, I know. No, that's awesome. But uh, so, no. Jim, I'm sorry I got us off the subject. That's me again. I, me I'm, too. I'm, I'm horrible with that. <laughs> so something, you know, you sat down with uh, me and um, Redstone this past week because we're your department liaisons for the council. And uh, one of the things that you brought up was how people say that Lake County roads are so much clearer sometimes than Porter County roads. And there was a, a stat, or maybe not a number that. But you brought up how many miles of road they have versus how many miles of road we're responsible for. Can you kind of build on to that or, or talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's an interesting fact for people to know. Well, I don't know the exact number, but just going off the top of memory here, Lake County only has roughly, like, it's like four or 500 miles of county roads because everything else is in incorporated cities and towns. So uh, you just look at the revenue they bring in compared to the revenue we bring in, and they... You know, obviously have more money to spend on salt than we do. Because <laughs> every, you know, every couple tons, you know, however much salt we extra buy, it's just less roads we can work with paving-wise. You so. want to talk a little bit about how that process works on uh, where you guys get your salt, how you determine how much salt you're going to need. Is there extra, you know, a few years ago there was a salt shortage. How did that affect you? You know, just because I, I always found that interesting. That the, when you're talking about plowing, you're talking about the salt, it costs money. Um, and do you use salt by um, uh, well water, or do you guys not use salt over in those areas because they're drinking? Well, that'd be pretty much all the county, <laughs> except okay, for some of the yeah. sub, some of the subdivisions that are have city uh, or municipal water, but mm -hmm. pretty much everybody else has wells. Um, so no, we use salt. Uh, the salt is bid through the state every year, and we just get on the state's bid. And since I've been in here, we've 
we just always agree to purchase 7,000 tons, and that's always seemed to work out for us. Because when you sign up during the summertime, you pretty much have to guess how much salt you're going to use six <laughs> months from then. Which, you know, um, up until about a week ago, I was worrying that I wasn't going to be able to do the 80% because you at least have to purchase 80% and you can purchase up to 120% of your agreed to uh, amount. So, you know, we at least have to purchase, I think it's 5,800 tons. And I was worried that we were going to have to figure out some way to store that 5,800 tons mm -hmm. over the summer that we were bound to buy, but we went through a lot of salt here in the last week and a half, so. Where do you guys store your salt? Is there two locations or more than two? Because we have two highway departments, correct? We have the one that's on State Route 2 and the one up here in North County? Yep, and then we have one in Hebron. Oh, there's one in Hebron, too. Okay. On Highway 8, yep. And then there's also a smaller uh, garage up there in South Haven on 700 North, but there is no salt dome on uh, that property there. There's not enough room for it. So we have salt domes at three of the spots. We have one at Chesterton and then Valpo and then down in Hebron has a salt dome. This would be pretty interesting to see. Are they full? Are they, are they pretty full inside or is it uh, not reached the ceiling? Because, I mean, it looks like a dome you'd fill from the top, but I know it's not when you fill from the top. The trucks actually drive in, correct? Yeah, the, the truck's dumping in front and then we take a payloader and push it in there and stack, pile it all up inside there. So you're pretty much just but, keeping the water and, and, and snow off this uh, salt throughout the summer? Correct. Interesting. So what are your, um, when you guys do all these plowing, how many trucks are you guys, uh, how many trucks, well, how many trucks are out at one time and how many drivers do you have? Because I know there's shifts and DOT laws and, and everything about how much they can drive. So how does all that work and how do you guys figure out who's going to do what? Well, in the winter time right now, we run around the clock five days a week. So we have two guys on that work uh, 2.30 to 10.30 or 2.30 to 11, whatever the eight hours is. Um, then we've got two guys that work midnights, and then the remainder work the day turn. Um, as far as how many trucks we have, if, if it's a snow event, we will have roughly 35 trucks on the road. That includes the pickup trucks and the big trucks and everything. Because uh, like the foreman and myself, I even plow snow when it snows with my pickup truck. So. Oh, wow. And are you guys doing subdivisions or are you guys actually doing roads with pickup trucks? Uh, mainly the subdivisions, but if we're going from one point to the next and we see a snow drift on the road, you know, we'll drop our plow and push it off with our pickup trucks. Well, that sounds like a fun job. I'm not going to lie. I mean, not doing it for 12 hours a day, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first, the first time it snows, everybody's gun ho. It's like, whoo, snow. And then uh, after about four or five days in a row, like we just got done here, it's like the, it's like finally, uh, I get to sleep in. <laughs> so. Yeah, you get to watch some football for a change. Yeah, yesterday, yeah, the guys got to actually, uh, we went out, well, we had this, uh, the ice hit bad yesterday morning. So I uh, got the call from the midnight shift about 3 a.m., that it had rained and everything was ice so i called the guys in they all got in there about four so every truck we had that could carry salt was out on the road spreading salt yesterday for uh depending on the route anywhere from three to five hours now now it seems like this valpo use a liquid on the roads yeah they pre-treat some and that's something we were going to uh, look at when hopefully they build a new uh valpo facility and we can get a brine tank put in there because um, what we want is a wash bay where we can wash all our trucks because right now one of our biggest problems we have is corrosion 
because we have no way to really wash the trucks good after we get done spreading salt. So a lot of our stuff just rusts away. To where if we can get a you know a nice wash facility in the new Valpo building, they could actually recycle that salt water that comes off, and then we could use it as a brine to pretreat roads. That's interesting. I didn't know that it was even an option that they use the salt water that washes away. That, that makes a lot of sense. And when you talk about a new facility, you're talking about a new highway department because the, the, the facility that you guys are currently in on Route 2 is um, embarrassing. It's, it's falling apart. It's ugly. It's, it's not a county building. I, I mean, that came from and, me, not from you. Yeah, well, and, and they don't have a – there's no wash bay there for the trucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they have a deer – don't they have a deer uh, – Oh no, that's EMA that could fire up the deer. The deer. Cooker. No, we yeah we have that's, a deer cook. We got a deer oh, that's cooker. You. That's you. <laughs> yeah, it's got the deer cooker. <laughs> it's a, it's on its last leg, but we hopefully well, uh, <laughs> when we come in front of you here at the end of the month with our additional part of it's going to be for a new deer cooker. Uh, <laughs> I was actually on uh, on the phone with recycling the other day, and I'm talking to her, the head of recycler, and I mentioned that to her, and she goes, "Oh, really? Does the EPA know about that?" I go, "Wait." This conversation never happened. We're going to be telling you it's called the NAM. <laughs> I was like, I was really excited to go see that thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's specially made for that. You know, it's got afterburners and all that kind of stuff, so uh, keeps the keeps the fumes down. So, and that's where you're at, Jim. You guys are um, the main office. If, if somebody needed to come see you guys face-to-face, well, not face-to-face, -face, but to come meet with you guys, it would be at the um, Valparaiso terminal correct is that where you guys operate out of yeah correct on highway two just south of alpo down by the new roundabout on highway two. Oh yeah i forgot you got a new roundabout over there mm -hmm. yeah they're, they're yeah they're right down the street too from the uh e ema i know i thought you're gonna say the stones greg i thought you were gonna bring up the stones again no <laughs> that would only be you <laughs> my god but uh what other so besides plowing and the culverts and the trees what else does highway department do uh pick up dead deer <laughs> okay. well okay so explain how how that works all right so there's a somebody's driving down the road and there's a deer laying there what what do they do they want to call somebody who do they call first or in general yeah, as long as it's within that right away, like how I spoke earlier, you know, that we have so many feet off the edge of the road that we maintain. Mm -hmm. So if somebody does hit a deer or there's a deer laying in their front yard or on their property, they can call us at the highway department. And then uh, when we get a chance, we'll send somebody out to pick it up and then we burn it. Okay, so if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, they need to wait for your, your operating hours to give you a call. Or do they leave a message on the answer? Yeah, we have voicemail. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, to build off that question, though, Greg, and I've always wondered, and you might know, and Jim might know, or neither one of you might know, what happens if you hit a deer and it's suffering and pain? I mean, at that point, who do you call to put it down if it's 2 a.m.? Or what do you do? I, I've never been in that situation. Or do you just drive away? Yeah, the sheriff will come out and... Oh, they will? Yeah. The okay. sheriff will send somebody out, and they'll call it, they dispatch it, they call it. So. Okay, okay. Sorry, I don't mean to get but dark then, and dreary, but... No, 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 <laughs> but, but that's a good... Well, but then that would mean somebody, instead of calling the highway department, they have to call the sheriff's department on that one if it's alive. Yeah. Because the highway department Correct. is not going to mess with a live deer. Um, well, and, Jim and, and is so a I hunter. Imagine. He might. He asks questions. What size is the rack before I come out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, usually when those when those deer get hit, there's not much you want to be uh, eating. That. They get a little bruised up. So. Mm, that's true. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's not, okay. Um, but now, do they just call the sheriff's department though? The local, like, um, I've never done this. Is a is there's a non-emergency sheriff's department number? I imagine. Correct. Okay. And they just tell them there's a injured deer on the side of the road, and then the sheriff will come out and put it down, and then the sheriff will contact us to come pick it up. Okay. That's interesting, though. And, and I do know the one thing, too, that you guys have always done uh, for us as well is when we clean a road and uh, and we put the, the bags of garbage out there, you guys help pick that up, too, for us. So that's always, uh, if people ever wondered, you know, when people that have the, the cleaning the road programs, that the highway department is also uh, a part of that as well. The recycling department sets up which road that you want to clean, and the highway department puts up the sign signif uh, signifying which uh, road or what part of the road is to which group. And then when they go out, what, once, twice a year, whatever, to clean up the roads, then the highway department uh, helps clean up the the bags and stuff. So that's that's another thing that you guys do that I don't think people realize. Yeah, if anybody that doesn't adopt a highway, yeah, they can go out there and clean it up on a weekend, and then they just call us Monday morning, and uh, as soon as I get a chance, we send somebody out, and they'll pick up the bags off the side of the road. Yeah. And I just keep waiting for Andy's name to get put up as he's cleaning a road, but uh, I don't know. Andy wears <laughs> enough hats and too many kids right now to take on more responsibility. But believe yeah. me, it's probably something I will do when I'm older. You know, But and, you and can use your kids. Time. You can have a... The Bozak crew, you know, yeah. the, uh, the Christmas lights, Bozak now Christmas that light crew. Cool. That would be cool. See, it could happen. I could see this in the future. <laughs> but yeah, in the future. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's, and as you guys know, I mean, the most important thing to me at this time is time. And, you know, spending time with the family. And you try to balance all that. So, I mean, yeah, it can sign up to do more. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not doing that right now, Greg. <laughs> Well, you got to build those pickleball courts for the uh, county first at uh, yeah. ah. Sunset Hill Park. Didn't they move on? I, Aren't they in Chesterton now? Because I know we built those new pickleball courts in Chesterton. Well, no, but I don't know if Jim knows this, but uh, you know Andy uh, and Andy Bozek is sponsoring two pickleball courts at the uh, Sunset Hill. So we're just waiting for the spring to come by and level them out and get the cement poured, and he's going to do all that. So we, we thank you, Andy. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to educate me. I don't even, I've never heard of pick. I mean, I've heard of pickleball, but I don't have the slightest idea what it is, so. Oh, think of it like playing tennis on a much small, smaller court. I think and, you can uh, with, four with of the paddles. courts in a tennis court. Four pickleball it, courts in a tennis court, I think. It's possible. They're pretty small. Yeah. So, well, when you build them and let us and dedicate them, you know, let us know. <laughs> I, hate, I hate you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> First you signed me up to, to take out a road. Now I'm building two pickleball courts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? When when busy when when people when you need something done, you call the busy people because they make done, sure right? they get it done. So oh, there you go. That's how we end up with more hats, and I think Jim Polaric knows it too because he's worn, worn lots of hats in the county. Uh, yeah. And speaking of Jim, you have served as a council member before, correct? You were where we and Greg sit now and have these headaches. You've had these headaches already. Yeah, I, yeah, I had those headaches. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you on the council for? Uh, four years. Okay. When was that? Oh, now you're going to test my memory. Oh. <laughs> oh. Before my like, time. I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Twelve years ago. 
Or okay. 12 or 16 years ago, something like that. Wow, that's crazy. And, and that was before you worked for the county, right? Because could you be working for the county and, and be a, a, a county councilman as well? I, I guess Not anymore, no. They okay. uh, used to be that way, but then I think it was probably 15, 20 years ago the state changed the law to where you cannot be an employee of the county and be on the council or a commissioner. So. Okay, so I imagine that would be the same for municipalities too, uh, like uh, Valpo City Council. You can't work for the city and be on the city council then too? Correct, yeah, you cannot be a fireman or a policeman and then also be on the city council. I think it, all, it may also, I think it applies to school boards, so you can't be a teacher and on the school board. Okay. Um, so. Which I thought was really interesting because we had that problem here in Chesterton. We had um, a volunteer fire department, and one of the volunteer firemen won the election. Well, he had to step off the, the fire department. And it was like, well, this isn't a paid position. Why does he have to step off? Where's the conflict of interest here? But uh, Yeah, I think they actually did change that or adjusted the, the law for volunteer firemen okay. because... You know, a lot of volunteer firemen also serve on township boards or whatever, and I think they realized that it was not really a conflict because they're not drawing a paycheck from it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. right. Well, Mr. Sims, we are 25 minutes in. If you'd like to do a station identifier. This is WVLP 103.1 FM, and you're listening to Porter County Buzz, and we're sponsored by the Independent Order of Oddfellows, Chequick Lodge number 56 in good old downtown Valparaiso, Indiana. And the other thing, too, is if you have a question for us or one of our guests or you just want to, you know, make some kind of a statement of some sort, you can always get us at uh, uh, pcbuzz103 at yahoo.com, and we'll be happy to answer your emails and uh, go from there. But otherwise, yeah, we appreciate you guys being uh, listening to us. Uh, we're talking to Jim Polaric, who is the director of the Porter County Highway Department, and he corrected yeah. me earlier. He's the superintendent. Oh the my goodness! Super Nintendo okay. <laughs> <laughs> from the Simpsons. I'm sorry, it's from the Simpsons. <laughs> well, you know there is that movie Super Mario Brothers coming out, so maybe it's a little bit of that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, something I wanted to let the listeners know personally is, um, if you're looking for updates on the uh, road conditions of Porter County, obviously you go on Facebook and you'll see your friends, everybody and their brother talking about them. But if you go to the Porter County government page, that's the actual name of the page, um, they do provide updates as of you know as as the conditions are changing. And is that coming from you, Jim, or is that coming from the sheriff's department? Where's that info coming from? Well, that comes from the highway department. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, we speak with the uh, gentleman that handles that for the county, and then uh, we give him updates as it goes along, you know, whenever a snow event or weather event happens. And it's, it's, they, they not only tell what they're doing, but they give an explanation about behind it, and that kind of re reminds me of last year. Um, it was really, really windy out. It was snowing, and I remember seeing one of the businesses post, oh, the Porter County Highway Department just pulled all their plow trucks off the road. And I'm thinking, oh, that doesn't sound like us. Um, talked to Jim. I, I, I read the Facebook post, and it was very explanatory. It explained, well, our drivers can't see the roads to plow them. <laughs> They're going to get somebody hurt. We had to pull them off for safety reasons. But it's something that I didn't realize was going on. So I, it's a great source of information there. Yeah, we had to do that uh, Yeah, a couple months ago, and we had that blizzard during Christmas. Yeah. Uh, the north part of the county where the wind wasn't blowing so bad, the guys could stay out. But then once you got south of Division Road where it's wide open, 
we could only see, you know, 20, 30 yards in front of the trucks. And last thing we want to do is get in a wreck or have somebody go in a ditch, when, especially when it was 10 below zero those days. So. Yeah, there's a safety risk and there's a risk of our higher insurance cost. If you put one of those big trucks in a ditch, it's going to be expensive to get out. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, that's what I wanted to say. I, I think it's a great source of info. Greg, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, Jim, at this moment, are there any um, openings at the highway department that some listeners may either want to apply for or may, you know, know somebody that wants to apply for or if they just want to put in a resume for a future if there are no openings? How, how does that work? Yeah, actually we got an opening for a diesel mechanic that's been open for quite a while. So if anybody out there is a diesel mechanic and has a, a CDL license, we'd love to have an application from you. Uh, that's, yeah. Well, what if there's someone that has a, uh, a mechanics uh, a training in diesel, but they don't have a CDL? Does, that, uh, does the county help them out with that, or do they, they need that before for, you know, prerequisite to get hired? No, actually, we're in the process of uh, coming up with our own way that we can legally train CDL drivers because that all changed last year or two years ago from the federal motor carriers. And Purdue, through their LTAP program, is coming up with the uh, online training. So that's free to the government agencies. So we can have them do the online training. And then Purdue will also handle training one of our current drivers to be a federal motor carriers licensed instructor to where they can do the training and everything and then all you have to do once you've completed the training through the highway department is send them up for the behind the wheel test so, so we if somebody is a no, I'm sorry, no you're fine so if somebody is a diesel or a heavy equipment mechanic and they do not have a cdl we mm -hmm. can work with we uh come in the end of march we'll be able to work on that so and i want to i want to tag on that point right there because it's very important um, when you're going out there Greg and you're getting your CDL most of the time you have to drive for a Schneider a JB Hunt one of these big companies that are self-insured because what happens is a lot of times insurance companies for these small trucking companies do not want to insure the driver that's 21 years old with no experience because even if he's driven in the military for the last four years it doesn't matter they, they just don't see it that same way so what, what Jim's talking about would allow somebody to to work for us for a few years i'm sure there'll be some kind of contract to, because there'll be costs involved of us training them um but then they've got that cdl experience now they have a cdl and driving experience which makes them a lot more valuable in the market mm. how how much is that if someone went to a cdl school is there a pretty good cost to that uh last time i checked it was between four and five thousand dollars Wow. Now, a lot of these companies will do it for free, the, the JB Hunts, the, the CR Englands. They'll train you for free, but you're signing a two-, three-year contract with them. That you're Once you get your CDL, you're stuck driving for them for two, three years because they want to get their investment back. Right. So that's that what Jim's talking about, this program. I mean, that's really, really cool for somebody getting into the business because you yeah. don't have to drive for one of these big boys. Right. And we obviously, like you said, we'd have, we'll have some kind of contract for however many years we figured and hopefully they stick around until they retire yeah. you know, it's a but, government job who wants uh, to leave a government job <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and then then the mechanic would actually work in your facility off of route two correct in one of your bays there 
Uh, right now, the opening is for the mechanics up in Chesterton. But once you guys approve building oh. a new building, um, <laughs> then all then all the then our goal is to have all the mechanics in the one centralized repair facility. Oh, okay. right now, right now, what we're doing is we're furnishing three separate repair shops for our fleet of trucks. So obviously, so there's be a, correct, yeah. and it's been like that way for 50 years, or you know, as far as I can tell. So uh, that's one of the plans is to have a centralized maintenance facility. So are we going to need that many mechanics if we move to one central uh, facility? Oh, well, yeah. We, uh, even when we did have all our mechanics, uh, we still have to have our truck drivers do the oil changes on their trucks because we do not have enough people oh, wow. mechanics-wise to do that. So hopefully we can uh, get a mechanics assistant, go back to what we were talking about. with you know We could go up there to the vocational school and get a uh, young man or lady that just graduated uh, in the diesel program and then we can hire them at the highway department and train them how we want them to be and uh, we get them their CDL and they can help us out. So, Can you be 18 or 19 to get a CDL or do you have to be 21? Uh, in the state of Indiana, as long as you do not leave outside the state, you can be 18 to get a CDL. Now oh. I need to check, I got to check with our insurance, I can't remember <laughs> if they'll... If they'll cover an 18-year-old driving or if it's got to be 21. So we got to check that part. Well, if you need someone to help change oil, I know Andy's available on the weekends. <laughs> I would offer to drive, but I just turned 19, so I'm not able to. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I'm thinking what? when I was 18, I don't think that you would ever want me responsible for a 40,000, 80,000-pound truck. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Me personally. Know. I mean, that was me. <laughs> They'll just pull it in the bay, and you go in the pit and just change the oil. You can do that. See, we got you. See, Jim, we, we solved your uh, oil changing problem. I can't yeah. work for the county as a, 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 a council member. So oh, you're not working. You're, you're, it's all free. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing that pro bono. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you're an indentured servant. Then. Whoa, whoa, Jim, why are you jumping on this train? What the heck? I thought we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh, even <laughs> friends need their oil changed as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jim, what do you guys do out of the Chesterton location? So you got a salt bay there or a salt dome, and then you have um, obviously some trucks working out of there. Is, and I'm only asking about that because that's the one I'm familiar with. I didn't realize we had one in South Haven and Hebron as well. So you can explain all of them if you'd like. Well, the one up in uh, Chesterton, that's where the bucket truck for trimming trees is all run out of. And then also the guys up there take care of the roads just up in that area, potholes and things like that, and plowing the snow up there. Um, down in Valpo, that's where our, uh, a lot of our maintenance guys are at also with the potholes and hot patching spots and roads. And then down in Hebron is where a lot of our construction guys are. The operators and our backhoes and track hose and all, road grader and all that is stationed out of Hebron. Oh, the fun stuff's in Hebron. Yeah, all the good toys. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's your four-wheeler? That's what Andy wants to know. Yeah, no, yes, I do. Uh, we don't have one of those. <laughs> or the jet ski. I want to know where the and, jet ski is. And your snowmobiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the sheriff's got the snow. I don't know if the sheriff's got snowmobiles or that's just DNR has snowmobiles. Oh, man. Oh, man. See, so, yeah. <laughs> One of the things I know you guys are working on, Jim, and um, I think we are, are talking about increasing the budget, or you'll be presenting us to increase the budget, is to line the roads. So can you kind of talk a little bit about what you guys do to actually put the striping on the roads and how that works? Are you outsourcing it, what the plans are for the next year? 
Yeah, that we contract that out. To, uh, there's a company out of Rochester, Indiana, that comes up and bids on it every year, and they're they always uh, end up with the lowest bid. Um, but yeah, we're increasing our budget on that. Hopefully, we uh, originally had fifty thousand budgeted last year, and we're come in and ask for another hundred and fifty, so two hundred thousand to get some roads striped this year. Mm -hmm. And and that's important for the safety of everybody because obviously sometimes it's hard to see the roads at night or even during the day, um, but it's also for the elderly because vision can be tough, and it's also for you plow truck drivers because it helps you guys stay on the road too, right? I hope. Oh, yeah, once we get the snow off <laughs> so we can see them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely nice when we can do that, you know. It is. It adds a finishing touch to the road, and it, it just—it's for safety. That's that's my big kick for it. Um, so, what do you no, guys do to redo? Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. Go ahead. Go, no, go. no, go ahead. That's all right. Go ahead. Go. Well, okay, Jim. This came up in a conversation. Uh, oh man, where was I? We were talking about subdivisions and people's. Oh, it was at our plan commission meeting, and part of the conversation was, well, one way to slow people down is speed bumps. And then what quickly came up is, no, the highway department does not uh, appreciate those because it really messes with the plows, and it's hard to, uh, to plow when you got speed bumps. Yeah, it's a very expensive repair when that happens. <laughs> yeah. But it's now, so go ahead. Oh, but on, on route, or, uh, you know, are you familiar with uh, on Evans Avenue right across from the uh, Fairgrounds Park, old Fairgrounds Park where the new uh, Boys and Girls Club is? Yeah. They've got a, it's like a speed bump, but it's not a speed bump. It's like a, uh, like a pseudo speed bump. The, the, <laughs> dude, well, it's weird. It's, it's like, I've never heard it like that. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It, it's not a normal speed bump. It's, it's a lot longer. I don't know if it's as high, but you can travel over it at the, the what, 30 miles an hour, or whatever the speed limit is there. And, and it's okay. You go beyond that and you've got a problem, but from what I was told by somebody, and of course, it's you know, no one works for the highway that I was talking to, so they might be totally wrong, but they had said that those are uh, snowplow friendly. Are you familiar with that at all, or is there is there something to that, or? Yeah, I don't honestly know. I'm not even familiar with them, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to. Speed bumps. To me, speed bumps don't always fix the problem. Speed bumps can cause more accidents. People slamming on their brakes cause damage to your car. I don't personally think that speed bumps are a great solution. That's a personal opinion, but, I mean, there's studies both ways on those. Well, sure, they slow down enough to go over the bump and then just gas back pedal up. back to the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I do in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the police get a hold of that black uh, SUV with a <laughs> pink stripe, stripe down the side... They know they know who this guy is. Yeah, but it's got interesting. A, <laughs> got a Starsky and Hutch. Oh, like a Starsky and Hutch stripe on it. Oh yeah, it's big. It's big and pink. Up. He is he is not afraid to show people that he likes pink. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but it's funny you brought that up, Greg, because I've actually been approached um, when I was on the town council for Burns Harbor. People were asking about speed bumps, and we went back and forth, you know, and there's there's benefits and there's negatives, too. So it's what are you trying to accomplish? Is is it that you're trying to slow down traffic? Or is there a better way to maybe do that? And um, putting a, a speed bump in a subdivision is a little different than putting it on a, a, a main road, in my opinion. Well, but, but even so, the highway department plows the uh, subdivisions as well. So in that sense, you still got a speed bump on the road that has to deal with a plow. Take that sucker out, Jim. Get rid of speed bumps for me. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't do speed bumps. So. <laughs> it's a, it was a speed bump, but it was a deer. It's burning in the back. <laughs> oh, oh, <okay. laughs> oh, my Sorry. gosh. Bad joke, bad joke. Yeah. But it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of, but, it, but that is something that people don't realize that that it does mess up the, the plows. I mean, is that because it, as you're going down, if you don't know it's there, I mean, is, is there a proper way to go over a speed bump and plow it uh, to lift the plow up, or do you slowly go over it, or is there well, I don't know, because I've never, I've never plowed over a speed bump. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, okay. You know, I'm sure like there's... a challenge here, Greg. Let's, let's put a no, speed bump well, Jim. <laughs> well, see, again... If people, you know, people that are listening, if I, you hear this argument again all the time about the speed bumps and, you know, with a good reason why there's a good reason why they're not there. And I think a lot of it is to do with our our plows and stuff. You know, we can't we can't that, that's thousands and thousands of dollars of equipment that can get messed up because of that. And well, yeah, and even like what you're talking, if there was a, a real gradual bump, you get six inches of snow on that thing, and you, you've got somebody new going to cover that area that doesn't know it's there, yeah. and they're going through that subdivision at 15 miles an hour plowing it. They'll find it. They'll find it. And they're, you know, <laughs> their seatbelt will choke them up and everything. You know, so it's, yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it's just, yeah. But it's, uh, I'm glad you brought it up because those are kind of questions that come up to me sometimes too. And it's like, oh, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. good to cover them now. Yeah, I think if, if you lived obviously down south somewhere where you didn't have to deal with the snow and the ice and everything like that, it would be a whole different story. So. Yeah, but nobody drives fast down there. They're all relaxed and chill and just and everybody's in a smooth mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, Jim, what are you guys doing um, – I, and I, I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called, but it's uh, where you guys dig up the road and put it back down, grind and lay back down, or what's it called? Yeah. Uh, chip, chip seal. seal. Chip, chip seal. seal. There yeah. you go. So can you explain what that process is, um, what we're doing with it as a county now, and how it's saving money, and what, why people are seeing roads only the tops redone, correct? Well, no, it depends on the road. Some of these chip seal roads that we come in, we, we'll do it's a single seal to where we uh -huh. just go on and we put one layer of stone right over the existing road. Um, if, as long as the bottom of the road is good, maybe it's just got a lot of cracks in it. So we can spray tar on there, put another layer of stone on, roll it, and then uh, come back across it with the fog seal, which is the nice black stuff we spray on it at the end. And that, that'd be a single seal. But then on the... Bigger chip seals where the road's all busted up and a lot of potholes will go through. We'll grind it all up and uh, come in with the road grader and lay it back out and roll it all smooth and put two or three layers of chips on top of that again. What's and chips? When you say chips, what are, what are these? Uh, slag. It's actually oh. slag from the steel mills is what we use. You know, you go south of here where there's a lot of limestone, they'll use limestone, but slag is so cheap for us around here, we literally pretty much just pay for the trucking out of the steel mills to get it to us they want to get rid of it anyway huh <laughs> yep yeah exactly so oh, it's a lot cheaper than uh, limestone is for us and so this was a new process uh kind of well maybe it wasn't used as much before i was on the council my first time is this correct this was a money-saving process for the county or a way to get more bang for your buck out of the roads well yeah just to put it in perspective uh, this year 
you're going to be, uh, for us to go through, have a road milled and new hot mix asphalt put on there. So an actual paved road, you're looking at about $230,000 a mile. And we, we can go through, grind a road, lay it all back out, rechip seal it, and paint it black and stripe it for about 40000 Okay, so how long does the uh, pay, repaved road last versus how long the chip sealed road lasts? Approximately. Um, yeah, you might get 15, 20 years out of a paved road and about eight years out of a chip seal road. So. Oh, wow. You That's know. pretty good. That's more and if we, especially if we come through and... Put in, you know, after five, six years, we put another layer of chips on it. Then we'll get another five, six years out of it. So, right. Can so you it's go still too thick. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. I was just no, wondering, no. could you go? To, no, like, yeah. Can the road be too thick where you have to now restart because the road's getting too high? Well, when you go through and you do these single layers, you're only talking bringing it up about a quarter inch at a time, maybe oh, three eighths okay. of an inch. So the stone is fairly small, but I, you can, but. You know, a lot of these roads that are chip sealed out in the county, we don't have issues if we do build them up a little bit. Oh, cool. cool. And and those plow over just fine too, right? The chip seal roads? Y yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Actually, after you run a plow over them for uh, one winter, then they'll they'll uh, they'll get quieter. You know, that's a lot of people complain that chip seal roads are noisy because cool. they're more. It's a more coarse finish, but then as soon as you run a snow plow over it for a winter, it smooths it out quite a bit. Hmm. <coughs> so do you guys seal the roads? Well, I know you seal them. You said a fog seal. But like um, in Burns Harbor, in my subdivision, they did those lines. You know, they came and, and they put tar in every single crack. Uh, what's that called? Crack sealing, right? Yeah, crack sealing. We do that as a county. And what's the benefit of that? Or why don't we do it? No, we do it. Uh, last year, we spent about $400,000 crack sealing mm -hmm. roads. And the benefit is the, you know, your biggest uh, the thing that wrecks the roads the quickest is water. So mm -hmm. if you can get those those cracks sealed up and keep the water from getting underneath the road, that's what's going to make your road last the longest. Oh, because then you're not getting the expansion contraction and pushing it in and out. Correct. You're not oh, getting okay. freeze and thaw of frost and everything underneath the road or between the layers of asphalt. So, Ooh, You talked about frost. What the heck is a frost? I know these questions, <laughs> by the way. I sound dumb. I know these answers. I'm asking for the listener's purpose. Right. <laughs> but what's a frost law, and when does it go into effect, and how do people know about it? Uh, hopefully we don't have to put it in effect this year. It's been, you know, it started off cold, then it warmed back up, so what frost was in the ground is gone now. But what happens is the roads freeze, and then underneath the roads, as it starts thawing out from the top down, you know, if you go out in your yard, you'll notice that you stick something, poke something in the ground, and you get down two, three inches, and all of a sudden it's like you hit rocks, and all that's mm -hmm. the frost That's the frost in the ground. Well, it does the same thing under the road. So what happens is the, the top six, eight inches of dirt under the road will thaw, but then the other foot or two is still frozen, so it gets all mushy and soft, and uh, that's why it's hard on roads. So. so a frost law is telling drivers with heavy trucks that they can't go over. That you're putting a weight limit on that road temporarily, correct? Correct, and it usually only goes for two or three weeks if we do put it in. Oh, I remember the time you pissed off Able Disposal. <laughs> <laughs> I got the garbage well. trucks guys calling me. Jim, or, well, I think it was Richard at the time. They put a frost law in effect. How am I supposed to pick up the dumpster? I was like, I have no idea, dude. Like, I well, actually, actually res yeah, residential and you know, school dumpsters, they're, they're exempt. So, okay, okay. So the garbage trucks can run the roads when it's a uh, frost law. <laughs> Now and we do makes, we yeah. we do limit them on you know like hauling those big dumpsters to a construction site or something. Well, that's but, what it was at the time. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, they they can still go do residential pickups and stuff like that. Who makes a decision? Like, do you actually put a stick in the ground to see where that frost is, and then will it be you and the commissioners deciding to put it into effect, or is that the state? No, yeah, we do it in house. We'll just test for frost, and when we know, you know, uh, after so many years, you can just tell by the way the roads look. Oh. Uh, and some of the some of the roads out here, at least the Chipsiel roads, you can drive on them and. If you drive on them enough, you'll feel it where it feels like you're driving on a mattress. <laughs> you know, Are you kidding? You'll, wow. No, you'll feel, the, you'll feel it in your car or truck that the road is, is soft. So, I'm going to have to pay more attention to that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have to do that this year. So. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we have about 12 minutes left just to let you know. Greg, go on. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Well, I love throwing it back to you. <clears throat> yeah. No, again, this is WVLP 103.1 FM. You've been listening to Porter County Buzz with uh, one of your hosts, Greg Sims, the other co-host, Andy Bozek, and uh, you can catch us uh, on, well, this time is Tuesday 6 to 8, but you will also rebroadcast on Saturdays 8 to 9, and if you need to get a hold of us through an email, you can see it, get us at pcbuzz103 at yahoo.com, and uh, today we've been talking to Jim Polaric, the uh, highway Director, department chair, uh, extraordinaire. How about that? Uh, the king of the highways <laughs> in Porter County. I've given him five more titles because I forget. <laughs> chairman. <laughs> Ch- chairman of the truck. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Super Nintendo. And, or Superintendent. <laughs> Intendant. Now I can't even say it right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I've been learning a lot about the uh, highway department, what they do, and the goods and the, well, not really bads because it's all good. And uh, Now, here, here's the thing, too. Okay, are, is there any kind of um, suggestions that, you know, when the plows come down and they blow all that snow, we, we do unfortunately have a, where some of the mailboxes do get knocked over. But now that being said, is, there, is it because they're not, sturdy in the ground and and the homeowner needs to make sure that they're sturdy or is there any such thing as is they can prevent or help so their mailbox doesn't get knocked down by you guys just doing your job uh one thing is if they just move them back off the road a little bit and if they put a you know a gravel approach up to their mailbox so the mailbox is not right on the edge of the road because it is the it's the snow that takes them down you know you get four or five inches of wet heavy snow and you're plowing 12-foot path of it, It's that's a lot of weight coming off the end of that thing. So it's pretty much like throwing a bag of cement at that mailbox. Um, they do make some mailboxes. They're plastic ones. I can't remember if it's Rubbermaid or one of those companies that make them. But to where they're, they're actually designed where when the snow hits them, it'll pop the top of the mailbox <laughs> off. They got breakaway mailboxes? This is <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they're those big plastic ones, the tan color ones. The Fisher-Price ones, ones? I know which one yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yep, yeah. the, top, the top will pop off of them, so all they got to do is walk out there, pick it up, snap it back on. Okay. <laughs> I bet you wish they were all like that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. So. But, you know, I mean, it, it happens, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, What's the process if it does happen? How do they contact you? Is there a complaint uh, website or an issue well, website? Well, yeah, if they go to the, the county's website and then under the uh, highway page there's a mailbox claim form. They can just print that off, send a picture of the mailbox in along with the receipt for replacement, <laughs> and, then, and then we send it to <laughs> we, the insurance company. We hit that many where we have a complaint form just for that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Love it. But now isn't there, there, there's a limit though, right? I mean, there's a like, <laughs> 
sorry. I, I thought there was that there's only I mean once the money is gone it's gone so it's possible that some people do get a mailbox whacked and they uh -huh. go through the process and they may not get their claim through or is there was that a rumor or is there truth no that? that's how it used to be years and years ago but now we just turn them all into the insurance company and they handle it so. okay 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 that sounds good um yeah because every once in a while uh, now i god i shouldn't have said that because i i usually get a phone call or two and i've gotten none this year so you guys must be doing something really well that uh some boxes aren't getting knocked down i guess or well we haven't had any real major snows i mean we had that snow uh you know thank christmas but there wasn't a lot of snow it was just real cold and windy mm -hmm. <coughs> but i will say that their website i'm on it now it's called the requesting service for other roads in Porter County. The first thing is damage claims for the mailbox. But the other thing is a highway department request for service. So in addition to damage claims, if you had a, <coughs> I assume that means um, if they damage your yard, not just your mailbox, but if they hit something, you'd do it there. But there's also a highway department for request for service. So what can that be used for, Jim? Uh, pretty much anything, you know, we try and or keep up on things, but if, yeah, if they know there's a pothole somewhere, they can go online, fill out the form, and then uh, it gets emailed, I'm, it gets directly sent to me, and uh, the office manager, she gets a copy of it, so as soon as we get it, then we can send somebody out, you know, or if they know there's an intersection where they can't see around the corner very good, and we need to cut the brush back, they let us know, and so pretty much anything that we cover, dead deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it says missing okay. traffic signs, pl plowing or salting. So if yeah. they're missing uh, an area in your subdivision, you could bug them here. So that's cool. I, I wanted to bring that up because I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty, well, with, sounds like, uh, you know, you're trying to do whatever you can to make sure that the roads are safe and that, that the county uh, thoroughfares are, are, are done, you know, to where, again, there's no deer laying around or, or uh, tree kind of interfering with stuff because it's a lot of it's a safety concern as well right you don't want to have a situation where the if someone needs an ambulance or police or fire and they can't get to an area because of some obstruction of some sort or a massive pothole <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing too that i want to make sure jim because uh, I, I know this comes up every once in a while is you know we've got some roads in the county that some people don't realize that they're private roads and and the county does not uh, plow or do anything with county roads without private, with yeah. Uh, private roads yeah yeah correct and it it really uh you know a couple times a year you'll get a phone call where somebody wants wants you to fix their road and then you inform them that it's a private road and they're they say well i just bought the house and a realtor didn't tell me that so <laughs> yeah. yeah i want you to fix my driveway jim <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, yeah, there are a lot, you know, up uh, up north side of Valpo, around Flint Lake area, there's a lot of private roads. And out by Lake Eliza, there's a lot of private roads. Uh, and the, also, there's just ones out in the middle of nowhere that'll have three or four houses down a gravel lane. And yet, it, while it still may have a county number assigned to it, it's it's a private road. So. That's interesting. So See, now, you, oh, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, go, or, uh, go, go ahead, no, uh, Andy. You, no. Go, go. Well, you know, when we mention about the private roads, what's interesting is... Uh, they need to maintain it for police or fire, even the uh, postal routes as well, right? Well, that's it's be just like you maintaining your driveway, is what it would amount to. Um, as far as post office, I guess it depends if they've got mailboxes down it or if their mailboxes are out on the main county road. But oh, okay. yeah, because the post office can refuse service to an address if the the mailbox isn't in the correct location or not accessible. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
So I was going to ask, and we've only got a few minutes left, but Jim, let me ask you. Um, so uh, it's a huge snowstorm. Uh, Greg lives in the county, so I'll use him as an example. He has an emergency at his house, but there's a bad snowstorm going on, and they need to get police and fire. Do they coordinate? Does 911 call you guys to, to coordinate a path to help these, these police and firemen get there? I mean, if it's really bad out, or how does that? Is there any coordination there? Oh, yeah. If it's real bad to where, uh, you know, there's a big bad blizzard and we've pulled our trucks off the road, in the past what we have done is uh, we will station plow trucks at volunteer fire departments. Oh, wow. Depending mm -hmm. on the fire department, if they've got the, uh, the hospitality, if you want to say that, <laughs> for our, uh, you know, somewhere where our guys can get in there, get out of the weather and, and sleep for the night or whatever, then there's always a truck sitting there waiting for them. Um, the other thing we do is if it's real bad, we do have some uh, drivers that live out further that will take a truck home so they can get a phone call and head straight out from the house if they've got to get a fire truck somewhere or an ambulance or anything like that. No, thank well, you. I was curious. Sorry. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like, yeah, you guys are really doing everything you can to make sure that uh, not only your drivers are safe but also the, uh, the people are safe that need them. Uh, that's, that's pretty nice. So I guess, uh, you know, hey, if some people see a fire or a, 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 one of our trucks sitting at a volunteer fire department, they want to give them some nice cookies, you know, hey, that's yeah. uh why not? <laughs> yeah, or, yep, bring them, some, bring them a home-cooked meal. I'm sure they appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. And, Jim, I, I'm sure something you guys don't hear enough um, is thank you. I want to thank you from, from me personally, but from the county as well, for all the work that you guys mm -hmm. do, the extra time, effort that you guys put into our safety. You're never going to make everybody happy. Somebody's always going to say the roads are crap somewhere. But I'm telling you, from my perspective, you guys are doing a good job, and thank you. Oh, well, yeah. we appreciate the support you guys give us on the council and on the support we get out of the commissioners, and it makes a big difference. Yeah, it's people, yeah. good people working with good people and helping each other. That's, uh, that's what makes this county so great. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we're down to two minutes, Jim. Is there anything you Ooh. wanted to say or any shout-outs you wanted to send? You know, <laughs> tell your kid hi or anything? <laughs> well, my, my kid's down in Texas right now because he, oh. he, he's in the Heavy Equipment Operators Union, and he, had, he left for Texas this morning for a week to go wow. uh, tra training at the big uh, oh, uh, rough operators. Life. Big machines, warm weather. Oh, rough life. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, I, he, yeah. he, he I looked at the weather and... Yeah. It was like 45 and rain down there. All oh, oh. <laughs> he got screwed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he can always listen to our podcast, too. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So, uh, Jim, uh, once this is we're done, once it airs, uh, next week we'll have it on our podcast, so you can share it uh, with your son if you'd like. So you oh, better right. say hi to him now. All right, hi, Jim. <laughs> hi, Jimmy. <laughs> well, thank uh, you for joining good. us. Greg, do you yeah. want to close us out? Yeah, you've been listening to Porter County Buzz, uh, 103.1 FM, and this is, uh, uh, while we've been sponsored today by the Independent Order of Oddfellows, we, uh, we appreciate all that, that they do for the community. Uh, and I'm one of your co-hosts, Greg Sims, the other co-host, Andy Bozek, and we've been listening to Jim Polaric, who is the uh, in charge of our highway departments. I keep changing it every, uh, <laughs> I, I give you different titles and different uh, accolades there, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you uh, explaining to everybody what, what you guys do and how important it is. And, uh, and again, keep up the good work to, to mimic what Andy had said a few minutes earlier. Yeah. Well, like I said, thank you for your support there in the council. No, no problem. Well, keep it Make up. It Jim, easy. Have a great yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Sounds good. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.